This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome back to Post Show Recaps coverage of The Crown. We're here to recap episode 7 of season 5, No Woman's Land. My name is Grace. I'm here with my co-host Shannon. Shannon, how are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. We've got a lot of the Diana we've been missing from some of the recent episodes. We had episodes where she didn't talk at all, yep. um, which wasn't in them at all. Yep. And now we're back to Diana focus. Yep. You want a Diana? You get a full Diana episode. There's no beef <laughs> on everything. Even yeah. William having tea with the Queen is about Diana. Yeah, exactly. Now there's like the, the, in terms of like passing the bedshell test of Diana, this episode doesn't do it. <laughs> it's all about Diana. The whole episode, so we get it now. Yeah, it's all about Diana. Yeah, this is what I thought. And um, but uh, also as we were talking before, very setupy. Like it feels like it's a bit of an incomplete story. It teases the interview and then does yeah. not provide the interview. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, to me, it was quite a slight episode that will probably work better on a binge. I mean, I know I said I never Agreed. watched two Crown episodes in a day other than the, the episode about the moon landing. But I feel like had I not been covering this one, I actually would have been really tempted to just roll on because it's like such a setup episode. Like it and it doesn't give us that interview. It really leaves you, I think, wanting a little bit more. And I kind of feel like the way the Crown usually does these TV events. I might like it was only like what a 50 minute episode like I might have knocked that down to about 40 minutes and then made it longer given us like 20 minutes of the interview but then I don't know how they're going to handle it and I know that it's a very very big deal so obviously they felt that it needed kind of its own space as, as entirely its own episode I assume coming up but yeah I kind of wanted more after this one. Yeah, it, I believe the next episode we will get the interview and, and the fallout. So, so yeah. I think that um, yeah, they yeah maybe a two part. As I've said before, it's like the plight of of the the when we cover these binge shows and we do them slower. That for us, it's like okay, we have to pause, stop down, you know, wait a few days, and then we'll get to watch the fallout. Whereas for other people, yeah, they watch they might watch these together in like the span of two hours and mm. you know, works for them. So yeah. yeah. It's just so strange for the crown, especially I feel like because the crown really does these like like full arcs in an episode. That's what we call them, like the mini movies. Like we yeah. get like a problem and it's set up and kind of like knocked down, or we get some sort of maybe growth or resolution or like fallout to that thing in the episode. Whereas like the mini movie of this is like them starting to create the, the Diana interview, not even the interview itself. So it's weird that it's like almost so serialized for the crown. Um, yeah, and just really you we want a little bit more from it. So it was an interesting one. And a thing I said last episode, we were talking about the season as a whole, was that one of the things that I think the show doesn't always give us is the perspective of people outside of the system. And then I remember that the few times that they have really done that, other than the Fagin episode where he breaks into the the uh, Buckingham Palace, there has been these moments where they do it through the lens of like journalism um, is is a thing that they will do. It's uh, the guy who writes the uh, should the should the monarchy exist a few seasons ago. Um, and he goes on on the air. Uh, I can't believe he does. He write. I think he, he's the guy who runs that newspaper. Remember that where there's like yeah, yeah. Uh, the one where they said like the queen and when she gives that like really out of touch speech. Yes. Yeah. So it's all through the lens. It's often through the lens of journalism, which again is sort of done here. There's this interesting thing at the beginning of this episode where this guy from the Martin Bashir is going to talk about why it's not gossipy and why it's actually a, a news story. I think it's interesting, but then obviously. You know, there's going to be a whole thing with Martin Bashir. We'll get into how awful yeah. um, all the things that he does. Um, but yeah, sometimes when they do it, it's like through the lens of like journalism and the news uh, is like how, which I guess makes sense at the time. I guess that's how people like find out or express, you know, uh, uh, you know, their take on the world as they find out through the news. I guess we're like a little bit decentralized mm -hmm. from like the evening news and the morning newspaper. Yeah, um, but that's an interesting one as well, considering like how much more toxic the news has become with the royals. And it won't even end probably at the end of the series, like the way it's even gone on with Meghan as an example. And we've seen with the paparazzi, obviously that's how that's going to affect Diana. We've seen with like leaked phone calls and then we see how completely manipulative it was to get this interview. And like, I guess as you see that kind of 
maybe as it starts as like this kind of true representation of what's actually happening in the world. And then it kind of becomes editorialized. And we see both sides of that, as you're saying, with what happened with the queen a couple of seasons ago, we start getting the opinion pieces, it starts kind of changing public perception. And now it's gotten into full-blown 90s, like modern toxic paparazzi. So yeah, this was probably the most, I mean, I don't know, like the leaked tape was also terrible, but just, yeah, there was a lot of manipulation happening in this episode. And also that that came out so recently for the people Mm -hmm. that don't know, um, all the investigations into this were done from 2020 on. So had this happened a few years ago and had this been like an earlier season, I think it would have been told very differently. Like there had been these investigations that the BBC had kind of covered up but they probably would have had to tell it in a, like a little bit more like you take from it what you will. They'll do the vague thing where you can kind of draw your own conclusions, whereas they could be a lot more definitive about what was actually done wrong because those investigations and some of like the payouts and stuff were like really, really recent. So it really changed the way they were probably going to tell that story. Yeah, uh, I agree 100 percent that they can be much more definitive about like Martin yeah. Bashir essentially being that was the really villain cool. yeah. of this episode, which I mean, rightfully so. Um, yeah, that stuff was done. All right, before we chat further about No Woman's Land, just a reminder, subscribe to the feed, postsharecaps.com slash The Crown to get all of our Crown coverage episodes. Please rate and review even later in the season. Still helps us tremendously. Um, so No Woman's Land, Diana's struggling with her separation. Um, Martin Bashir, journalist for the BBC's current affairs program, Panorama, um, uh, gets approval to, do, to try and get an interview with Diana. And he does this by forging bank documents to get close to... Earl Spencer, uh, that is Diana's brother. And uh, he claims that there are a bunch of people who are clearly being paid on uh, who are on their staff. They're being paid through um, sort of uh, offshore accounts. Um, uh, seemingly at the same time, Diana meets a surgeon, Hosnet Khan, and they develop a little bit of a, of a friendship. They go on a date. Diana uh, disguises herself to go to the movies. Um, uh, they hang out at night. Uh, Khan is unsure of why Diana, this like huge figure, the most famous woman in the world, I think he calls her at one point, why she would be interested in him. Um, but she will confide that her heart is completely broken. All of this stuff that he's a heart surgeon and she has a broken heart. Uh, uh, like, again, I feel like Peter Morgan is like, ah, oh, this is perfect. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, it's like so kismet. Um, William's going to confide to the queen that he worries about his mother. Uh, she says you children should not worry about their mother. Um, Earl Spencer is going to introduce Diana to Bashir, and Bashir persuades Diana to do an interview for Panorama um, to give a counterpoint to Charles's interview. Um, yeah. Uh, that's that's no woman's land. This is a really bad look for Martin Bashir. And I mean, again, I mean, like, yeah. rightly so. This is not, you know, we talk about, like, so I think sometimes we can be, like, a little bit more, like, uh, with the crown, like, yeah, that's like a, you know, a, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah and the, but, the, you know, they're part of an institutionalized system that's like, you know, we're like, oh, but, you know, like a poor guy, you know, poor Charles or whatever. This is just like, this is so bad. Um, and not just that he's, like, abusing, like, the most famous woman in the world, one of the most beloved women of the time. Princess Diana. It's this is this is so sad, mm-hmm. um, and this has been reported as one of the things that leads to some of you know the the, the later in her life the the that she is going to distrust almost everybody around her um, that we see in this this thing she talks about that she has no friends she has nothing left um, and this Martin Bashir like saying essentially like yeah even your closest staff are receiving payments yeah. and they're spying on you which is not true is going to lead her to distrust everybody in her system and make her look out to look like a, she says the, the, the crown is trying to make me look paranoid and he contributes to that in a way that is absolutely awful. Well, you just made me think of something that I hadn't thought of before, but I kind of feel like a classic Crown episode would start with like Martin Bashir in childhood or something, or we'd see his life or we'd get kind of this, this essence of him of like, why would this man do something so demonstrably evil? Yes. And maybe the issue with the storyline is maybe there's nothing really there. I mean, this is a show that can make you, you know, feel bad for the person who breaks into Buckingham Palace and you're like, he has That's some right. points. Like, who amongst us hasn't broken into Buckingham Palace to have ourselves heard? Like, no one would listen to him. Like, just hear the poor man out. You know, if they can make, they can make them the worst of the worst seem sympathetic. And they're not trying to do that with Martin Bashir and maybe there's nothing there. But I kind of feel like I might have enjoyed the episode more and it, again, might have felt more like the mini movie if we were like, we get that manipulation which is such a huge part and core of the episode but we understand a little bit more of the backstory again maybe there's nothing there maybe he's just a bad guy who did a bad thing because he was ambitious and he like wanted this big scoop but 
it was such a really like an evil thing to do. I mean, you talk about how she's going to not trust the people closest to her. I think the real heartbreak is when she says, my Patrick, you know, this is her personal mm-hmm. secretary yes. who is so extremely close to her and who was, I think, let go based on these false allegations and has been paid out again very, very recently based on the work that he lost by losing that position because of these rumors and like these untrue accusations. So it's a very cruel thing to do to her, even as we see Diana at her most flawed. I mean, no one would deserve this and and she obviously doesn't. But I just kind of wonder if there was another way to tell that episode the way the crown usually does, where you don't necessarily feel sympathy for Martin Bashir because it's such an awful thing to do. But maybe you understand even some of the stuff he talks about being like a cultural outsider to connect with her. Maybe we could understand parts of why he would do this and that would make it feel a little bit more meaningful and, and rather than just kind of this like kind of act of cruelty done against her. Yeah, I so there is this one scene at the beginning of the episode where Martin Bashir is talking to his boss and he's saying, you know, we should try to get Diana to do an interview for the BBC. And the guy says, well, there's all these American outlets that are willing to pay her money and travel her wherever she wants to do the interview. So why is she going to do it for the BBC? And so for me, part of this is like it feels like what his defense is. Well, if we get her to do it is a story. It's not just gossip, you know, uh, tabloid fodder. It is a real story. It is about the crown and how they treat Diana, this person who they brought into the the system. And so I'm like with him up all until this point. Um, and then the other piece, as he says, like we're also the BBC. Getting her to tell her story to us gives her story more legitimacy probably than somewhere else because we are an investigative, like we do investigative journalism and we're held to a high standard. And then the rest of this episode undermines all of that, <laughs> yeah. uh, right? That like the fact that they actually are a trusted um, a source, at least at this time, I think of the BBC, I do think yeah. of now as a trusted uh, yeah. a source, even though, yeah, as it's come out these last few years that like this sort of stuff happened and was covered up to a degree and so, yeah, we don't get any, th- like, I, because, I, you know, they just, you know, they make Martin Bashir to be, again, he, he is, he, this is bad what he does. Um, he's not the only one. It's very much like him and the one guy working late at night who are like, he's like, yeah, make the logo larger. The, yeah, well, yeah. the graphic designer who he, like, the graphic designer was like indicted on that in 1996 and became like the full guy for it. Right. So, right. I mean, maybe um, he didn't necessarily know exactly what he was doing, but I guess like forging banknotes yeah. is never going to be a great thing but th- th- that's yeah. what the issue is for me like in thinking about wait it, are it these so banknotes i'm forging is this yeah. <laughs> you've been <laughs> asking me to do this fine, right we're doing this for, for good purposes we're good. Right? It's not for evil. Yeah. but like but my issue is there are so many leaps like to the point where it cuts away and he like might have like i have an idea and then it cuts to the graphic designer like wouldn't there have been so many steps like obviously this was allowed to happen and maybe there is no good reason for it maybe there is no good backstory to modern machine maybe the bcc bbc just did drop the ball but my question is like how does it get to that point where he was like i'm gonna do this thing and no one's like wait no no you can't no that's illegal like you cannot do that but like I feel like we miss so much of that when the whole core of the storyline, and again, it's quite a slight episode anyway, but like the whole core is the fact that he does this thing and we never hear any reckoning from any one person to be like, you know, this is like wildly against our policies. But like for you as a human, how could you possibly, no one's ever reckoning with anything and possibly that's true to the story. And it was like, it's just, I think that the crown usually is better to like getting to the complexity or like the meat of this thing. Whereas like this seems like if there's, I would never want them to fictionalize it. But like from a character standpoint, it was just like more black and white evil than we usually get to see. And a lot of evils are probably perpetuated by these systems, but there was no nuance or complexity or anything to even, and I would, again, I wouldn't want them to fictionalize it, but I think it would be a more interesting story if we kind of at least understood some of why or how this could possibly happen from a personal standpoint with Martin Bashir, or even from an institutional standpoint with how the BBC could allow this to happen and not just cutaways. So I guess we're now with a graphic designer who's forging banknotes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there must be several steps before we could possibly get to that point. So again, I feel like this is where sometimes I feel like Peter Morgan almost has incredibly big blinders on for anything other than the actual crown. And I know that the show is called the crown. And so, yes, the ultimate at the end of the day, all of this stuff has to revolve around Elizabeth and, and, and Charles and Diane, right? Like these people. But I think to that, to that point, like we're not seeing why Martin Bashir is willing to take such a risk to forge documents, to get her Mm -hmm. to speak other than at the beginning of the episode, him being like, 
this will be this is big this is yeah, big, it's a but scoop it's- of a lifetime but i i want to know more and maybe again if it's not there it's not there but is there more stuff there about has he been competing in the bbc and not like kind of getting his rightful yep. acclaim like mm-hmm. th- in his childhood where his parents mean to him why would someone do this just tell me the crowd just tell me whose fault it is like tell me why a human being would well, do this that that is what i'm missing a little bit like and it's obviously not true of reality because i kind of feel like yeah. if there was some interesting complexity there they might show it but obviously that's like this just this, this guy just was me like is he just gonna mean thing for some reason but People he bad but you know he he they obviously like there's you know maybe this comes next episode when the interview actually airs but this interview that is coming it is like a there's like a specific line and this feels this is where it gets so weird Shannon, because i do feel like uh it's like partially spoiler, spoiler for the next no, episode no. Yes, but there's no, this no. one specific line in that interview that's like incredibly famous and yes. and gives diana an incredible amount of sympathy and so the interesting thing about this interview is that it creates an incredible juxtaposition or it creates these these two things can be true about the interview one is that for the public it creates additional support for Diana. It also completely severs and affects her relationship with the people that she continues to need to have relationships and interact with, right. That she's, she still lives right at, um, in, in uh, Kensington is that she's the next door neighbors to, to, we get one Margaret scene. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I'm very much like Diana, but I do not talk to her. It's like the whole point of that. Very funny. Um, yeah, but why? Why? Because like, there's a lot of there's a lot there that even if we don't want to get into Martin Bashir personally, like you know the BBC's view of of putting on this interview is is of note, is of of, of importance that they are going to sort of let Diana have a platform to which you know she yes there was the book. But the rec- the line there is that she never spoke to uh, the writer of the book. It was all you know. He only spoke to her friends. Is the is the line and we know now that she recorded tapes. But at the yeah. time, <laughs> but at the time, it's actually not from her specifically. So this interview is going to be her getting to refute what Charles says in his documentary, and so that's huge and will have ramifications. And there's a world where Martin Bashir thinks. You know, is there a world uh, and thinking about, uh, you know, uh, about being results oriented that he would say, like, you know, um, that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how we get this this thing. Uh, It doesn't matter how we get the interview. As long as we get it, that does that's the that's for the greater good of Britain to know what Diana thinks about this relationship. Who cares how we get it without realizing that actually, no, this is like a truly awful and horrendous thing. And Diana should have uh, some choice as to like mm. when and with who she does it and to be sort of forced into it because she presumes that the BBC has evidence that nobody else was able to find and that she believes it is is pretty horrendous and awful. Yeah, I mean, so many thoughts on that. I mean, you can compare it to the book because we said at the time, I'm mm-hmm. like, am I not even thinking that like, this author has her best interest at heart and it really felt that way and he like, went through her friends and it felt like she had a lot of agency in what she wanted to do. So it's again kind of taking away that agency from her from a woman who's had so much agency taken away and who's had kind of nothing I mean she's so desperate for like any kind of help or connection so when it comes to her in this like nefarious way she's like so willing to believe it like she wants to believe it she's like oh that's fate that you're both Pakistani and we'll get into like the the weird racial stuff like that but she Mm -hmm. like really does want to lean into and believe this so it's it but it's again like is it for the greater purpose like in many ways, yes. Like, you know, it's it kind of like, I mean, I don't know, no one's like entitled to her information, but just in the fact that like Charles was allowed to make this documentary and that's kind of okay, but Diana isn't able to like maybe object, like objectively she should be able to speak. Like that can be an objective truth, but it goes back again to Diana always being this object to, to her always being this like concept, this theme of like, we need to hear from her or like she she even like is deserving to speak, but then how is it personally done? Like, how is she allowed to make the decision for that to happen rather than it being this, like, matter of public interest or this, like, story or this scoop? Like, it always kind of is is bigger than her and she becomes much more like a concept than a human, which I know is hard for her. Obviously, she's objectified in that way. Um, So, yeah, obviously, some some pretty bad stuff there. I think they do an okay job in showing where there is that basis of truth. Like, there's the weird breaks thing. We've heard the clicks on the phone. Like, there's Mm -hmm. some reason to be paranoid. Um... She is like very alone again. Like she has like these like objective reasons to speak, but then it does push it further in these like really evil, nefarious ways um, where she doesn't get to like control or at least have full knowledge about what is and isn't 
desperately dying to see. Um, so that's hard for her. But I do think it was really interesting that as we see this like major kind of like crime perpetuated against her, we definitely get our most like Diana is flawed episode from the very beginning. Yeah. See her. I think like her at her absolute worst in almost every way. Yeah, I, that's where I wanted to go next. That I think that what this easily should be the episode where they basically they they paint martin bashir as as the the biggest villain of the episode and that you would think okay then this is going to be an extremely positive princess diana portrayal and it's probably the episode where we see her mm. at her worst i can't think of an yeah. episode where we where no, we do see not. her worst 100 um she has incredibly awkward encounters with yeah. with Hazna Khan. Uh she literally calls him a frog. Uh <laughs> everyone wants to be called in a romantic setting. Yeah. He's like, I don't need a prince. I need a frog. He's like, okay, I guess I'm your frog. And he kisses her. <laughs> okay, I get it. No, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, she probably she had uh she says to Martin Bashir, she's like, where are you from? And he's like, I, I was know. born in Britain. And she's like, We've no. We all had an elderly relative in our oh. life ask someone that question. Oh, it's brutal. Oh and like yeah. You know, I don't want the like clean version of Diana if that's not the Diana it exists. It is very like, I feel like there are very, I've, I've seen very few Diana portrayals where she is anything but like squeaky clean. She's like very, like she's mm. so beloved that I feel like this was interesting to me for the fact that it is the clumsiest version of Diana we have seen uh, in the in the show so far. And I'm wondering if that's, is this an episode? Because these are all written by the same person. These are all written by Peter Morgan. Um, this one and the next one are actually written by the same director, Shannon, which actually leads me to believe that like they are kind of seen as a back-to-back okay. sort yeah. of pair. But um, is this like, is this... Is is Diana like the you know it's like uh, I guess it's just inherent like racism kind of that she she has uh, 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 here although she's inter- you know she's not that you you can't be interested in someone and also hold implicit implicit bias which she she does um, that uh, you know is it this like she's like because there's this part of the beginning of the episode right where she's really struggling from her separation William's like leaving and going up to end college and we do get a bit of Charles in this episode where they like uh, he's like stop stop like you know fawning over him like stop like he'll be fine um is this like you know a reaction to her being like so sort of like you know stuck afterwards or is this like the first time they're just being like no there's some diana had flaws and he and here's the just the first time you get to see it this is the first time they fit into the story well we have seen i think like some small shades of that i think i've talked about it as like childishness i think it comes across in this episode that, as like yes. naivete i think we see how locked away she's been from the world that like she kind of doesn't know how to exist in it and she also is like such so larger than life and so famous and such an icon that like she can't really comfortably exist in like any setting and then she also doesn't handle existing in those settings well also side note before i get into all of that do you know that william was played by dominic west's son oh that's so fun that's amazing i love that yeah his screen debut how fun no um with the racial aspect reddit said that diana wasn't like this <laughs> i mean like that's the thing is like if diana was like this like obviously definitely show it it's so cringe and awkward and she's like kind of fetishizing this whole culture and like she's like i love the culture and then she like gets all the terms wrong um and obviously she's like yeah. th- like this is like a meaningful thing to me but she has like seemingly like a quite a shallow understanding of like the culture and the religion like if that's not her it's kind of racist of the show that the show is like well, she would date two men of color. Like she must have been fetishizing this thing. If like there's no truism to that, other than the fact that like, that she did date men of color, which I guess was seen as like maybe scandalous at the time. I mean, still was with Harry now in this day and age, which is crazy in and of itself. So like, I don't know if the show is like drawing too much from that. In which case, it's like, why are you so weirded out by this? Or if that was a thing for her, and I'm kind of leaning towards the former based on what I've read online. So that kind of feels like a them thing, but it, it is a general way that they are leaning into her kind of awkwardness, her flaws. I mean, so many things. <laughs> like the fact that she, after the acupuncturist husband, like almost died and had this like major heart surgery, she's like, ooh, he was quite dishy. <laughs> and she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I wasn't looking at his shoes. Oh, were you looking at his eyes? Like so many things. She's like making that kind of awkward look at Hasnat Khan as he is telling this woman about how her husband like almost didn't make it there's a lot and I think for me there's a little bit of clarity that comes in at the final scene where she talks about like because the whole thing is that she has this huge power imbalance with everyone right like even I mean the royals is a different thing but like everyone in like normal society which is where she wants to be because she's not a royal she's no woman's land that's the whole point she has this like major power imbalance with every single one of them and she doesn't seem to kind of know or acknowledge that so 
like that's on her but then at the end she's like no i'm i'm a no one like i have nothing like you have way more than me like i've got like you know and so you understand how she could feel that way so it gives a little bit of clarity to that but then you're like but still you should know that that's not objectively true to most people and even if it were true you're still like this acupuncturist client like she's not understanding like the the paramount mm-hmm. there with this woman's like i really don't want you my client at the hospital through one of like the worst moments of my life as i'm like trying for my like for, like obviously like worried that my husband's gonna die and she's like no no i'm gonna be there like, she can't take no for an answer and she doesn't understand that she's like crossing a boundary and that this person doesn't have any power over her to be like sorry no like if it was a friend you would say I really just, I want to be alone right now, but she can't say that to Diana. She like, as much as Diana keeps pushing, there's like nothing she can do. So she doesn't understand her own power imbalances. And I think it's because she sees herself rightly in many ways as like such a victim and stuff, but like she yeah. should still understand like the complexity to that, that in many ways she also is so much more powerful than like almost anyone in the world, especially people she's paying for services and that she should like step back from that. But it's like, that lack of awareness, I think is in, out in full force in this episode. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's lots of ways in this episode in which Diana acts in a certain way that is totally you can you can see how she got there, how why she acts that way, while also knowing that like, yeah, that's like an uncomfortable situation. I think even the William and Elizabeth tea scene, yeah, where, like you know, I think that there's a world in which I think that like like Queen Elizabeth like asking her grandson about his mother and then just to be like well you shouldn't worry about (laughs) it's like you know i don't think anybody's like really in the right here except for william who's just like having tea with his grandmother the queen um Mm -hmm. but also like he is put in a in a situation because of like who his mother is uh but like like she's in that position because how she's treated by the crown so it's like a very complicated situation that i can't really like be like yeah i don't know how else she's supposed to act but also yeah that must be tough for william to have to be like yeah yeah i do worry about my mother's like her 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 mental health because like you know she's part of the system and been abused by the system uh, i don't know how else any of them are supposed to act but you're like mm. yeah that does suck for william to be in that situation yeah it's interesting how it goes so quickly from like the first episode being like how lovely that harry and william are the, are the only ones to stick up for their mother like in, in such youth to do that for her to like oh this is manifested kind of negatively where they've really had to be her rock and like yes. as children that should not be put upon them i know that probably a lot of like children's of, children of divorce have been like i see yes. this except imagine if the divorce was between like your mother the who princess was struggling. And the, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and, and <laughs> yeah. the crown you know yeah. and, like i feel like no one handles that well i agree like for the oh, queen the queen shouldn't criticize diana as a parent to william agreed as much as she's right you know like oh well you right. know that should be on you she's right like say that to philip or someone you know like if he's not with penny like you know say that say that to someone else but not to him like he shouldn't be like listening to his mother get criticized from a different family member yeah. and then she's like well tell her like no you shouldn't be passing messages no one should be passing messages through william call her agreed get someone to call her you have like a million people who could do this for you like to put him in this position i really hope that it um we see more of this you know like the fact that william is this child of like one of the most iconic divorces of all time i think there could be yeah. some really interesting stuff there obviously knowing that he's going to be like the heir to the throne and everything like that, like what he and what, what Harry went through, um, I think is fascinating. So I hope uh, that there's I, kind of yeah. more of these character moments with everyone doing wrong, every adult in the situation doing wrong by those kids. I can definitely see that like back half of six is like a little yeah. bit into, like you get a William centric episode. That's like, okay, this kid is, the, you know, he's part of the system and he's very like, I feel like in many ways he's, is he like the least culpable like cra- like in terms of like i don't know if there's like a splotch on his record and that's me like not looking into it so apologies if i'm missing something big but he sort of has this like fairy tale wedding uh to kate middleton and then they get mm-hmm. married and they have kids and like is there like a thing other than that like maybe he's like so in the system and his brother is like very much struggling by having like a you know uh, all the stuff with with megan like that's probably like the biggest splotch on his record mm. that he seemed no, so quickly rumors, though, to fit women. into is there i don't know i'm not yeah. i don't mean to say There's that like, like room is. Yeah. oh i didn't know that very interesting yeah yeah well anyway. a lot of people i mean i mean i don't know how far his conspiracy theories these are like there are rumors that like um a lot of the harry stuff was done to like cover up the fact that he was oh. cheating and i mean I, that could be completely nothing like i have no idea these are just the rumors i hear i mean oh, twitter yeah. recommends weird things to me i guess because i'm covering the crowd because they oh think no I'm interesting be interested Fun. in the role. i mean i don't know um, I'm interested to see where it goes as this like character, knowing like how that would be. Well, I don't know. I'm not a child of divorce, but I, yeah, like, no, imagining I imagine yeah. how it would be. 
Yeah, I think I would be excited for someone only because uh, I really love coming of age uh, stories. And mostly that's because yeah. I think it's such a complicated time to, to examine like humans and humanity and people because um, at some point you become a person and you are culpable for your actions. But at some point you're a child who's being like influenced by all the people uh, like mm. around you. Right. And so coming of age stories to me are my favorite. I think it's why the the welsh episode with charles works for me really yeah. well and actually the philip flashback episode works for me really well like the examination of him at school and i i wonder if there's like a william one uh coming yeah. at some point that they won't leave that off the table before the show um is finished i like the one scene we get here it's really cool that it's dominic west um west yeah, yeah. Um, well i yeah. mean i agree like i love how they did it with charles i agree because it, you see how the system transforms people in this way where it's like how much how much culpability is there at different age points like how much is it's like absolutely not your fault like William now like again like having to take on way too much like complete victim of the system at the point and of the situation at what point again I don't think that I mean there's rumors about every I don't know but yeah, don't know at what point would we look at things that he's doing and then see agency in that and criticize it yeah. or not and I'm not 100% sure but I really like the way that they did that with Charles and I did actually recently see a photo of the actor that they're gonna have I think in season six for William and he oh. like he was like on set and he looks like exactly like William. So I think we're oh. definitely getting more of that as they go through the generations. But yeah, I think that like we see her flaws as a parent, which is interesting because I feel like we've seen that as the most like pure and positive thing about her Agreed. up till this point. And it's been mm -hmm. like such a major like way that she connected with people as this like mother who actually really cared, which was different for the Royals. And now it's like, but no, but you're still you're putting too much on him and you're not allowing him to just like be a child, which was interesting. I think we also see like her other estrangements. I mean, I know we've heard that she like hates her stepmother, but like we see yeah. she hasn't spoken to her brother in two years, even though there seems to be yeah. like a lot of closeness within that. Side note to that, when she like leans on his shoulder and she's hugging him and she's mm -hmm. so tall, that 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 was like comical. To yeah. <laughs> Uh, very. I don't want to. Before we move on from, I don't want to forget that I do love the moment where he turns to Charles and asks, "What ch what religion do I put down?" Because <laughs> the Church of England, <laughs> of which you'll be the head of, one day. it's so good. It's Amazing. so good. I love it. Father and son, um, for real. Incredible. For real. For real. Uh, but uh, I mean, the scene where she goes to see her brother, uh, uh, Carlos, uh, Charles uh, Spencer, um, and they have the interaction. It's very interesting. She goes, she's the one who's like, we haven't spoken in like five years and he or two years or whatever. And yeah. he's like, yeah, but you made that decision like you, um, which I think that's another way in which the show, I think, is like sort of uh, sort of, you know, I don't know that they have an answer, but this idea that uh she probably does that because she's estranged and she's locked up in the and she's trying to like play the role properly but then doesn't know how to play the the part because her husband like doesn't like her at all and she's like you know and she she you know that to the episode two of it all where it's like who are your like oh let me talk to your friends and it's all of her healthcare workers like she doesn't she she doesn't get close to anybody else because of just the system that she's trapped in but also mm -hmm. she does choose not to talk to her brother for like two yeah. years and so that is also on her. He's saying like, you, you chose not to like talk to me anymore, you know? Um, and I do think, I think the point about sometimes it feels like the story of Diana is a little bit like, Oh, well she became a princess, but it, you know, her brother is like Earl Spencer. Like, it's not mm. like they're not royalty, right? Like it's like, you don't get to, I think actually be uh, uh, at this time. And before this time, you don't actually get to be the princess without having some status, right? Like even uh, Camilla comes from a very, and they're like, yeah, but that's not like not that not your like not your family. <laughs> you know not that that one you know but Diana like from uh, the house Spencer yeah sure like that that one works um, and so it's not like she came from absolutely nothing like yeah she's living in a flat with like roommates is not a thing we like see many people on the crown in a previous season but yeah her brother is is Earl Spencer you know yeah, yeah. but I think she, Diana as we're talking about you know, these coming of age stories and I guess people pass through age and how much like you can criticize them or give agency to them and their decisions. And at what point, like even Diana in her thirties now, like she's always been such a great example of like the arrested development that comes with being locked up in a castle and this terrible marriage at, from a, being a teenager. Right. It's like, that's when she yeah. met Charles. Like she, and I really feel like that youth continues to be really captured in her, um, you know, the way, the way that she might, kind of lean on William to be like the man of the household and he's like 13 
um, the way that she might not know how to interact with regular humans because she hasn't since she lived in that flat when she was a teenager. She's never mm-hmm. got to experience the adulthood. So like even now, like in her 30s, we're still like, well, how do you much do you blame her again for like having a negative relationship with her brother? But like, it's such a hard situation. That's a really hard one to traverse. And like some of it's beautiful. The fact that he he does seem really protective over her and would still be yeah. so close with her. Even after two years, it's like, well, I still have like your best interests at heart. So some of that was really, I think, quite beautiful, even in its complexity. Um, yeah, it's such an interesting one, her being like, the, yeah, her worst self probably in this episode and like the ultimate victim. I feel like you kind of see ways that like Marta Bashir could have maybe gone about it like the BBC did have a great reputation like it yeah. was like she would have control over that narrative and ironically she's given no control in this because she's being lied to but like even the way that he connects to her as an outsider which has been like such a theme as we talked about in the Mumu episode feels like it could have just gone in that direction you know like some of that has to be true the way he talks about like being an out like I know he's leaning into it racially because we have that whole kind of racial aspect but like it can't not be true if you're coming in through like the 80s and 90s in the BBC this like English institution and you are Pakistani like there would be some externalization to that he would feel like some of an outside like it would be impossible for that not to be true to some degree so like connecting with her in that way he lent into it uncomfortably but I guess like she he was like kind of going with what she was was giving off there and then the bbc is like this major you know like yeah. news institution but he like he wouldn't even risk it on that it wasn't even like he tried and then got knocked back he was like the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna forge these yeah notes. and i just i just it, it is actually crazy how like movie villainous it is but it's a thing that happened in real life and i just feel like we don't we don't know how it jumped to that point and and maybe there is no way. Like, how could someone, I just want to know. And maybe they just mm-hmm. don't have the insight. How could someone, how could a whole corporation or multiple people, especially even this one person, come to the conclusion where, like, that's what we're going to do? Like, it's so illegal and it's so, it's just so wrong. Like, I think once you, I think yeah. once you get the interview, once you know that she's like sort of on the hook, as it were, it's, I think internally in the BBC, I can see why people are like, okay, yeah, yeah, keep doing whatever you're doing, keep doing it. I don't care how you're doing it. Um, mm. the, the part that I think is frustrating about Martin Bashir lying to this point of like, it's the first card he pulls from the deck is that the reason it works so well is because Diana already thought all of this stuff was true. Yeah. He is just validating falsely what she thinks to be true is why it works right like it's it's like almost like pretty wild like that he he his his scam is so she's the perfect victim for this particular scam because we like this is not the first episode where we where she's worried about the Mm. clicking uh on the phone right um Mm. and we see it again in this episode she's talking to uh is she talking to william and she hears the clicking i think that's yeah that's right um Mm -hmm. and so it works perfectly and as you're saying all of the stuff about who she who he is in particular that he um he had to work twice as hard to be successful at the bbc because he's not white um and that and that she can see you know i feel like that's a bit like you know uh I have some questions about that, but I can see why she might think, oh, I can see how that's like relatable in terms of like, yeah, I, I was never able, I'm such an other in this family mm-hmm. and, and you are another in your, in your workplace. And like, yeah, that's a bit like prominent. Like it's like, it's not a perfect comparison for one person to make, but it does work on Diana. And so it's almost annoying that he got this really good interview and he probably could have got it without faking the evidence. I don't know that that's true. He would have tried. But he could yeah. have tried and and it would have been the right thing to do. But there's just so much that he actually he just he just has the perfect fake evidence for exactly what she's thinking, which is that yeah. they're all against me. They're all pay- this is a full on like assault to make me look paranoid, to make me look crazy, to make me seem illegitimate and that people won't believe me. Um, and so it's very annoying that um, from the show's point of view, immediately Bashir is like, well, we'll just fake evidence and then we'll get her to to do the interview mm. so frustrating yeah all yeah. we're asking is that you do that as like a third option you know <laughs> like, never never make the bank notes put but, it in like, your back pocket you know exactly yeah. just have it as a backup plan just try the regular route first and just see how yeah. you go with it um yeah i mean look they, they keep it kind of like vague like the way the crown often does like take what you will in terms of like how much he is being spied on like they, it's been taken like way too far by martin bichia i kind of feel like there is some stuff there like, again, she's reading it. She even says, like, maybe yeah, the car yeah, needs yeah. a service. All the brakes have been cut. Like, it's left up to your interpretation, like, what the phone clicks are, how much is her paranoia, how much is real. I wouldn't be surprised if there's something happening. I mean, this is a situation where, at the very least, 
tapes have been leaked recently of Charles. I know she had tapes leaked as well. So like, even in the fact that like, even if it's not the Royals or where it's coming from, she's like, again, always the subject of public interest. There are always paparazzi following her and this whole, you know, like she, she, she is in kind, she will be, and it's going to play out like spoiler alert, but she's always in this kind of unsafe environment. She isn't really trust. She isn't trusted. I mean, at the very least, at the very least, what we see is Elizabeth, Elizabeth's asking Margaret, like, to betray her confidence if she could. Um, again, how much of that is true, I don't know. But like, I, I kind of feel like there might have been, my interpretation is like, there is a little bit of like checking up on her. Or at least, you know, like they, mm-hmm. the royals cared, oh. the people cared. There's a lack of safety there. Um, you could have just like pointed that out. And, and, you know, and the fact well, that Charles has had this documentary, like there are things there without having to jump to like fully falsifying it and taking it as far as he did, which I'm pretty sure there was other stuff that we didn't even see. Like there was other documents that were forged as well. Agreed. Um, do you think, though, the show gives a very favorable view of Elizabeth that they're not doing any of this stuff? Because she has dinner with Margaret and she's like, so what's your neighbor saying? And she won't even like say who the neighbor is. And then Margaret figures it out. And she's like, no, we may be similar, but we don't talk. And Elizabeth yeah, I would never kind help of like, her, even though I went through a lot of the, <laughs> the yeah. terrible things she's going through. I would never actually reach out a hand to be like, totally get you. <laughs> like, all Diana Margaret. wants is a friend. And Margaret's <laughs> like, and like, as we see, Margaret is that person to so many people. She's that person to Anne. Like, she's really, as we said, paved the way for the younger generation. And even though she sees those similarities, we've seen her be jealous of Diana before, even like in part of the older generation. And she's like, I just will never be that friend to this poor young girl. It's like, help each other through the system, damn it. I don't know. There has to be a meme format that's like, uh, um, so you know how Diana's like uh, incredibly sad. Margaret's like, yes. It's like, uh, you know how like, you know, she's like very like publicly happy. She's like, she's like, this has been awful for her. It's like, yes. And it's very similar to what you've been going through. It's like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, will you help her? Absolutely not. Like, like, I've never talked to her. Like, I would be, be too far. I mean, oh. like, even if Elizabeth's people were doing stuff, it wouldn't be yeah. the queen herself. Like she's got, she's not doing, you know, like, it, like I, I could, I could, I, I could believe that without like her necessarily being aware of it or really controlling it. Like she still had her people on the ground that were like kind of checking in on Diana. And uh, yeah, she's asking Margaret, but like bigger things are happening. Like that's, I mean, I should probably look up how true that was. Yes. Cause it's like, it is very much. Inter- like, I've kind of always assumed the whole time, like, something's going on like she's not I, fully paranoid and then like, I agree taken to this extreme but if you take the show so again I don't I, I never take this show as like this is the truth but what I do think yeah. is interesting about this show is that Peter Morgan is writing a show about and he gets to put in whatever he whatever he wants whoever he wants to write this and so you know they, they could have put in a scene where it's like we see proof that like yeah this was actually happening that we could see that like her office is you know, at least trying to like, you know, follow her or like just even get updates. Like you don't have to be so explicit as like, yes, the crown, like the queen's office was for sure wiretapping Diana. Like you, it doesn't need to be that. They do have the scene in here where like her, her, um, the, the guy is like, well, everything goes through the circuit mm. board. And so it's very unlikely that it would be tapped. And she says, well, very unlikely isn't impossible. Um, but I thought yeah, that was like, place where like, where you'd hear clicking is that like it's because it's being like your calls are not coming direct you know or whatever Mm. and then yeah there's a scene with the queen where she's like so do you know what's up and she's like nope i don't know and that's kind of the end of the scene and so like if i don't know again i you're right i i have not done the the research to look up like how much of this stuff is true that whether there was um any sort of spying and to what degree again it doesn't need to be like the most conspiracy theory proving thing for there to be real evidence that the crown was checking in on Diana, right? She and she does live at Kensington Palace. Mm. So um yeah. So the yeah. other big yeah. So the other big piece of this is 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 Hesnut Khan. Uh yeah. and their relationship, sort of a you know, a meet cute of sorts, uh uh in the hospital and their their movie date and and hanging out back in the thing. And I I will say I I'm torn on the whether I like the writing of like uh he's a heart mm. surgeon and she has a broken heart and he like checks her heart. I think it's like kind of cute yeah. and it could be real and happened and also like probably not it probably didn't happen that way but it's but it's fine because this is television no no one and in I the world it. has ever had a conversation like that no heart no. <laughs> well i mean well firstly on the wiretapping i just want to say like yes assuming like based on the way the crown does this like if you were to look it up i'm sure it would be there's no knowledge or it's like conflicting yeah. based on different reports because the crown one thing it does amazingly well is 
putting out in like the vaguest possible way and like really leaving things up to interpretation when they've never been like confirmed in history like yeah, and the smart and Bashir thing they can like there's been like a whole investigation like they can really go hard with it but like for example like Philip's affairs they'll make it like fairly vague and you take from it what you will and they're like very very good at striking that balance so I would kind of I'm sure that it's just like conflicting or there's no information about it so that's why they'll just like leave it up to your imagination but yeah in terms of Hasna Khan firstly uh reddit said that there was like the fact that he's she's like is where is your heart apparently during the car accident spoiler alert um like her heart moved like that's how bad that so it might have been like a really morbid allusion to that um yeah no one's ever had these conversations ever before but there was something kind of funny in the broader dynamic or interesting in their dynamic where like she he's just not picking up what she's putting down he'll be she'll be like is my heart broken and he's like no it feels fine tell me how you do heart surgery and he's like well and he's like very like clinical and like they're yeah. very very different people and i do think while the dialogue is a lot and she does call him a frog like it does portray like this huge disparity between them which is obviously like something that's so important to their relationship yeah i thought it was pretty pretty cute this is a an individual who um has been described as the love of her life uh mm. uh and um she they are not together when when she dies but they will have uh this romantic relationship that yeah apparently was very important to to diana specifically um and so this is this is this is really like you know watching something that you you know is going to end horribly and i don't i did not you know, i like it and also i'm like god this is so this is really sad um and she's depicted very like sad in the scene they have the, the scene at the end where she does call him a frog <laughs> mm-hmm. but he's like why me why me this like boring you know man and she's like because my heart's been broken i have nothing left so like you know uh, i just need somebody <laughs> exactly. just, like, one, yeah yeah it's, you know he is but- a heart surgeon yeah i know a very nice man like you yeah. know like I, yeah yeah uh, yeah, I thought he got a little bit of a a little bit of a bad. Rap. If there's one thing from this that I thought was like pretty cute, I like the movies and and um, and she's disguised herself and then he like she sneaks up on him. I thought it was like kind of cute, and uh, but yeah, I feel like if there's anything, he's 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 made out to be a little bit of a chump. I think. <laughs> yeah, than, which is I think yeah, is, like yeah. obviously that was his vibe, but like right. heart surgeon and like his job is to save people's lives and he seems to be like really good at it and so he, like he seems to be like yeah like professionally and like he's a heart surgeon like yeah. he, he's like a massive success in that way yeah he's thoughtful too right because he's like uh he's like can i take my lunch she's like at midnight he's like yeah and he's like go to the the escalator and and there'll be like a vending machine and it'll be less crowded than the cafeteria it's like that's very sweet and then they have they get to have this like sort of one-on-one chat i thought he was very he, he was very sweet i thought yeah no i was immediately i felt him very endearing i I was immediately connected to him as a character i felt look it was it was awkward to me so many of the things but like she pursues him so strongly yes um i kind of like sorry so 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 immediately it feels like the the, the timeline of this is quick feels i agree like i feel like if if i um if the gender dynamics were swapped there would be maybe more to this that we i mean and i do want to look into it because she kind of claims him from the beginning you know he's having this conversation again in his workplace which let's look at you know he's trying to do his job and it's an it's important true. job he's trying to tell this woman about like her husband's medical condition and she like sets her eyes on him and then like she kind of will take no for an she won't take no for an answer i feel like there's some like entitlement to getting what she wants is diana and we see how strongly she pursues him. apparently she's been in the hospital for weeks just kind of like waiting for him to show up um she's like very forward and like in a way that he's not meeting like it's okay to be forward I think but like she's not picking up really on his cues now it's kind of shown as okay to us because his cues seem to be like no of course I would want you you're Diana I just feel like I'm not worthy of you or you know like I can't even believe this is happening to me but like she doesn't really know the reasons you know and and we don't really know the reasons why he, he says he's a workaholic doctor like he has other priorities and she just is like so set on him to the point where she's like oh like imagine if a man said to a woman like oh is, is that the only kiss i get or whatever she says in that moment mm-hmm. it's a lot you know she really pushes for it but i think maybe because of the gender dynamics and maybe because yeah like the only reason he wouldn't go for this is because he could not possibly believe it's happening to him we look past it but at the end of the day i feel like she really does yeah, go for it a little intensely. And I think he seems overwhelmed by it. And he seems uncomfortable, I think, through a lot of it. Um, and mm-hmm. doesn't, re- yeah, that could be a lack of understanding or like maybe it's more than that. Obviously they are going to be 
this great love and they're going to be in this relationship for two years but i just think in the way that it's as you said like this like immediate thing that she like latches on to him like he, he didn't really ask for that and then she's coming into his workplace like multiple days like there's a lot in that yeah i've also seen some criticism of her like conflating like pakistani like uh relationship yeah. culture with like yeah like, yeah it's like and just like my marriage and it's like yeah i don't yeah. know like, yeah i don't know yeah maybe just leave that one diana i don't know yeah um, well, it's, well yeah. i was thinking about that because it is hard because she is like in yeah. this extremely patriarchal institution and she has suffered for it but then like her understanding of pakistani culture again seems to be so superficial she's getting all these things wrong and she's like let me just explain how the situation is like mine and obviously like they've made it this whole like she's like oh, if i could just get like a pakistani husband like it, it they make it yeah. so and this might not be true and it might be the show again just like why would she date someone of another race like it was maybe seen as scandalous at the time and even would be now weirdly but like the way she's like like it almost seems like she just it's like a rejection of like the crown of like british culture she she's wanted to move overseas but she can't because of her kids so like really yeah. just like this this re- like this cultural thing and like like they they make it that again i don't necessarily think that it is but they definitely lean into how much of it is her truly rejecting like every part of like hardcore british values that has made her suffer but also she's like uh when when um they're talking he's talking to Bashir, she's talking to bashir and she's like, yeah, they're hoping that you would move to Canada or the United States. And she says, yeah, but I'll never do, I'll never leave Britain or whatever. Uh, very interesting. But um, I do think, I wonder if all of this stuff about like some of this um, stuff is like you were talking before about how the flaws that we've seen from Diana previously, like if there, it's been ways in which she's seen as somewhat of a flawed character has been in her naivete. And so I wonder actually if some of this stuff is like that, you know, she's kind of, I think, hoping in some ways that like for you know, and it's understandable. And I know people like this who like end one relationship and are sort of hoping immediately to get into another relationship. Um, and 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 really like value that stability of being in a relationship. And she's sort of like, you know, in the way that she became a princess, she's sort of like immediately idealizing what it would be like to be specifically with Hasan Khan, which could be true. Could be like she like she is like well, she was in love with him. She was I don't know how quickly she fell in love with him, but presumably but she is so set on him so early that it so feels quickly. yeah i mean like unless you believe in love at first sight i mean yeah it, it feels it feels like she wants something more and it's just like put him into that situation to get it yeah um yeah and i i, I don't know if the show's doing that but this the scene where she then does talk to martin bashir and is like no but where are you from and then so mm. then the interesting thing about that one is that he does he does explain and then she's, did you speak urdu uh uh you know whatever he says but he comes back and he's like it's like she was fascinated with me not in a romantic way but just with the idea of me being pakistani and that's where Mm -hmm. the guy's gonna say like but don't you say you're british all the time like you always say you're british and he's like yeah i know but in this specific instance like it's what was like drawing her to me it's where we had that connection so yeah i'm not entirely sure what the show is and this is a very strange episode it feels like one of the like i'll certainly remember it because it feels like such an outlier compared to everything everything else mm. i did love diana's uh uh when she drives the car over to her brother's house i did like her like secret outfit that immediately the people next in the car next to her are like mm-hmm. oh my god it's princess day because <laughs> she, she yeah, yeah i know if that <laughs> like, ha- yeah that her car her, the brakes seem to stop working but then do work so i don't know yeah yeah we don't, that's we don't not how cutting any- brakes work i don't think so i don't know what happened yeah, we needed like some sort of like automotive expert because I as well don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm interested. Like, it's funny that she says she had her heart like broken by a prince. It's so much about her heartbreak. I find yes. that so interesting because I'm like, part of me can't even believe that it would go far enough to be heartbroken. Like, she obviously did love Charles and she was so young and he was her prince, but like, it was so bad so early. Like, I can definitely agree. Like, it's been painful. It's been a horrible life. Like, she's been so hurt. She's been humiliated. I get that. But like, the, so much comes back to like the heartbreak of it all. Like, the prince, like this prince who broke my heart. I'm like, but you weren't even like a significant relationship for Charles. You know, like, you were like, <laughs> like, he, yeah. like, he would never say that, like, that she broke his heart because he yeah. didn't care enough about her you know and like like again like even if she cared enough because she'd been hurt so badly like i can't believe she she loved him enough to be heartbroken but then i also like hugely do believe it because i feel like this is like her immature view of relationships i feel like if charles were to be like yeah. i broke your heart like we didn't even have an like i know we were married but like, i agree 
purely Agreed. not we didn't have enough for you to be like heartbroken over this agreed um do you know the other way that bashir is really villainized on this episode and again rightly so but he says he didn't speak urdu and then and then when they're in the <laughs> secret yeah. the secret uh meeting at night and he's like you know what they you know the urdu proverb i can't remember what he says but uh, yeah yeah uh, she's the perfect target for it like that's that's i think what also I know. Yeah. comes across as like so evil is that it's just like it's like shooting fish in a barrel like he knows exactly how to get to. I mean, some of, yeah, some of the things we didn't see that might come out in future episodes, like I think that, um, and maybe this is, again, more vague and hasn't been as much like been proven in the investigation, but I think that he there was like abortion documents for the nanny from Charles and, oh, and, things, and like, yeah. so some of the like extreme distrust that she had of other people later on and some of those negative relationships, I think like he really, sorry for the pun, but like drove that home as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a really clear example of the press doing wrong by this woman, which will be a consistent theme throughout her lifetime continues to be. Um, I know that's something that Harry is like fighting for now in terms of like what the press can do and like, Mm -hmm. as as well as social media and stuff in terms of like Megan and he's like made those comparisons as well. So yeah, I mean, well, the, the crown is so lucky that this happened in season five and not season one or two, right? Because there wouldn't have been these, um, it wouldn't have been able to be so clear about it. How annoyed would you be if you wrote the whole episode and then like you came out that it was like yeah, this yeah, weird yeah. thing and you were like, wow, I would have told that story really, really differently. Yeah. Burn this year. Yeah. Mm. What a villain. Um, yeah. That's the episode, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel it's so weird that we get this like the villainous other perspective from someone outside of the crown and like don't see their like day-to-day life. That's like just not how the crown writes these villains. Like, all the people, I guess, like, the, the crown thinks maybe those, like, other villains do have more of a point. Like, you know, the, when I say villains, like, the people who have criticized the crown or have broken into their bedrooms, and they're like, yeah, I see it. But maybe with Martin Bashir, they're like, there is no humanizing this man. There's nothing there. Yeah, unless it's coming next episode, because I think we'll get the interview next episode. But then I, so I don't I think that's the right place. I mean, maybe because we're covering it in between, like, on the binge, maybe. But I feel like this is the this is the episode about the manipulation then we're going to get the interview but in in, in-house light this episode was like what it really was was this like extreme now like this there's been like a whole investigation on it like this um whole manipulation so that this should be like the the martin bashir episode yeah i definitely agree because it's like he does it immediately so it's like we should probably get some insight into why he does it immediately Um, he did a bad thing that's it yeah i mean again it's so funny because i feel like the i i I feel like I've liked every episode. I do. I do like this episode. I do feel like as a whole, I wonder if this is going to be one where the whole is less than the sum of its parts. I believe I have that phrase, right? Because I like each episode, but then if I think about them in sort of totality, like I was ready for a Diane episode and then I like it, but this is not the like perfect Diane episode. And again, this is another Mm -hmm. example of where the show really sidelines everybody else. So we get, Elizabeth in two scenes, I think two or three, the scene where she's like looking out at Eton college yeah. and she, and she has tea with William. And then she has dinner with Margaret. Charles is in the first uh, scene. Margaret's there and William are there. That's it. Everybody else yeah. is not in this episode. And so um, like there's been very little in this episode or this whole season. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, feels like each episode is good, but on a whole, it maybe feels unbalanced is how I'm feeling about the season as we're going along. I feel like the season to me is the sum of its parts. Like I feel like each episode, I come out enjoying definitely parts. I mean, obviously we've discussed each one at length about like what we liked and didn't like about the episodes. I think for me, only episode four is of the level of like all the great episodes of like seasons one, two, and four for me. And and a couple of season three. Like I I feel like we're going to look at season five depending on how it ends, but quite similarly to season three, because I just feel like episode four, I loved so much. And the others I've enjoyed like, on like probably on a spectrum but like large parts about your mileage may vary but I kind of feel like every like every episode of seasons one and four I felt about that as I did about episode four of the season but like every single one pretty much um it was much more likely that I would have come on a podcast and been like this was spectacular for like all these reasons whereas like now I've come in with like way more to criticize than I feel like I would have um any other season maybe season three 
So yeah, it's not, it's not great when it's in the conversation of season three, but it's still interesting to talk about like the decisions being made on that. I do wonder is that similarity? Maybe this is more something to talk about at the end of the season, but it's interesting that we look at season three and season five, which is when we get the cast changes. So like maybe the writers have as much trouble with that as we do. Like maybe they have like a bit of trouble getting that consistency and then like the next season you know they're like off to the races they like know exactly the story they want to tell but they spend a little bit a little bit of time in this one maybe just trying to get used to like where the characters are at but i don't think the season has been helped by how disjointed it's been and they've just, it's just a very weird way that they've gone about it like it the, the, the like extreme focuses has been a really big part of it obviously like other than episode one we've not had just like an ensemble cast it's like here's this person's yeah. focus, but then we don't hear about them for several episodes. We had like a huge Philip episode last time, and now like will we see him again? Like TBD, you know, it's just it's it's been very very, I think disjointed and just quite specific where their focuses have been. With less too, I feel like last season they really wanted to use Margaret Thatcher as a as a as a point in the season, mm. and we've you know John Major has been very limited, in the, which is which More is fine. Maybe- I don't most prime ministers that we've had yeah i yeah definitely agree so yeah it's just been a little yeah a little bit disjointed i do think there's something to the season three and season five-ness um mm. of of the show um there's a lot of history here now and you're trying to like do, you know do that i i also do like it it does feel a little bit to me like they watched diana for two seasons and i really thought that this season would be the the, the like this was it for D- diana um which it's i don't think it is uh looking at the timeline so um i don't know i feel like god it feels really bad to say that but like that that would be the end of season one feels like you're driving to something maybe more than it, it, it i it feels a little less at the moment is how i'm is how i'm feeling but alas i am still enjoying it uh uh you know i do have to come on and like critique and and watch what i watch but uh i am enjoying it and i'm enjoying talking about it with you Shane. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm really enjoying that. I mean, I feel that maybe it's that I, yeah, I just felt that there was like going to, like what I really loved was like Charles and Diana fighting. Like this is a terrible thing, but like season four, like, I mean, the chemistry between the actors, like every scene they had was electric in a really toxic way. Um, yes. And I kind of felt like they had much more to go in terms of being terrible, but I guess they're just like separated now. And Diana just like is alone. So like, who's going to be in, again, Margaret doesn't talk to her. Like who's going to be in the scenes with her? Like the whole point is that she has no one. Um, So maybe like the characters sure. are just a bit more separate. Like maybe there are fewer things to bring them together on. Whereas in, in like, you know, in previous seasons, I mean, at, le- at least like Charles and Anna were going to be together. It'd be rare to get one in an episode about one that's not really about the other get a whole Charles episode where Diana doesn't talk get a whole Diana episode where Charles is only in one scene but that is indicative of how much time they were spending together so maybe everyone is just a little bit more disparate right now it's kind of like in like a high school show now everyone's like gone off to college so it's hard to like bring them all to the same room and you then you know there are growing pains in those shows when that happens so maybe that's what it is it's very true they should spice it up with a new character (laughs) <laughs> yeah someone like uh, so that's, yeah that's what they they bring in and then but then the characters yeah. leave they can't do that so yeah, yeah i was burned by the oc basically yeah fair, fair. <laughs> i love the oc um all right shannon what else you get going on where can people find you um at shannon gates covering survivor as always i feel that i i don't have a point now to go on during the plugs and i am so mad at myself oh. for that because this is this is the bit um what else? i feel like we've said everything about this episode this is what i need the you I'll know what, D- Diana was very. Um, I thought that actually, uh, uh, Diana just hanging at the hospital was very nice. There was like that's very positive. Also, she goes she goes for a swim, which is like uh, there's a lot of metaphor mm-hmm. about swimming and like clen- like like uh, you know in water and cleansing and rebirth. Uh, which I do feel like this episode is a little bit. This is the first time like diana's in control you know this is like she's like yeah i'm gonna like fight back you know um, i know as she's absolutely losing all of her control she thinks she's making a decision that's right with her agency and is absolutely not i mean the, the hospital thing is interesting because i feel like a, what a lot of people say about diana is like you know she was doing this for the publicity and she wanted to seem like this like amazing person but she was doing a lot of good i mean you can't fake how much joy she brought brought to people who were seeing her and like again like how much like positive imaging she gave to like people with aids and you know like during a time where there was like all of the stigma around it and then in this episode as well it's like she's bringing so many people joy but then we also see that she's mostly doing it to like pursue the doctor so like how self-interested is it so i feel like that was you know like there's an interesting thing there around like whatever she was gaining from it she was also like 
giving a lot more. So that's interesting. And it's also, okay. the, I feel like we did it during the plugs. <laughs> and the song is also a girl like you. And it's about never knowing a girl like you before, which is maybe how she's seeing herself. Like, Oh, this is like the mm. real Diana. Yeah. She's the like smiling. Now, listening to the car. Is yeah. the, that's the, the thing yeah. now. I love it. We got to do it every time. I've got to leave points. Especially I know, yeah. save, the save, yeah. save the yeah. content. Um, I'm also covering another Netflix show, 1899. Rich Aaron and I are going through that uh, two episodes a week as well. Uh, fun mystery show. It's been very good. Uh, we're trying to crack the case of what the heck is going on on that ship. Uh, Post Show Recaps Theater. Um, been busy. We'll be covering uh, The Fablemans. And we did a spoiler-free Glass Onion review. Um, we did Bones and All, the Timothy uh, Shalom Cannibal movie. So it's been very busy. Mm. Um and then Roll Call over on Rob as a Podcast. We recently played Spyfall. You can catch the replay over on Twitch and YouTube. I'm on Twitter at Hi From Grace. And um, yeah, we'll be back in a few days' time with episode uh, episode eight coverage. Eight. Can't believe it's episode eight already. For the interview, I hope. Want that interview. Yeah, the episode is called Gunpowder. So yeah. Probably of the interview. I think I that's it. Interview. I'll be in a, no, no, we're actually just not going to see Diana for three more episodes. That's the way <laughs> we get her in the finale, and that's it. Like that's the way that I expect the, the season to go. So. Yeah, the interview will be yeah. the finale. Yeah. yeah, we'll do like uh, who could who could we do? Random. I'm just going to name random British people, and we'll do two episodes about them before we come back to Diana. Yeah, no, we'll have like an ad episode next. We'll see no one else. You know, and then maybe we'll yeah. you know go back to Philip, get another Philip episode, and then in the last episode, Diana can do the interview. And <laughs> That's Philip, what that okay, be. and Philip are the, la are the last two. Yeah, and then back to Diana. Alright. Alright, we'll be back in a few days time for episode 8. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. -bye.